0: To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk Podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to a podcast from Newstalk ZB. Follow this and our wide range of podcasts now on iHeartRadio and the dire state of our military has been revealed. Official documents show the Defence Force bleeding staff in big numbers, ships that can't put to sea as the upshot and planes that can't be flown. Parts of the force will take a decade to rebuild. At Auckland University, Associate Professor of Politics and International Relations, Stephen Hoadley, joins us at Newstalk ZB this morning. Good morning.
1: Good morning, Tim.
0: Poor pay, clearly one issue. What else
1: well, look, uh, we better we go back to history and find out why this has all happened. This is not new. This has been br- coming on for the last two decades at least. Now, let's go back to the administration of the uh, Labour Party in the t- 2000s when a large number of new platforms were acquired. This required a lot of new personnel, a lot of training, a lot of upgrading. Uh, there was seven new ships for the... Navy. There were the 105 light-armored vehicles for the Army, upgrades for the Air Force. And this is the beginning of this personnel crunch. I I think the headline is a little bit exaggerated in the sense that uh, it's not a crisis at the moment. It is a difficulty, but it's one that's been building gradually over the years as the tempo of exercises has increased, as the relationship with the United States was restored and more opportunities to work abroad uh, appeared and in fact were requested by New Zealand's partners and allies then of course came the uh, the COVID which uh, reduced training time and a lot of upgrading that should have taken place did not take place then there was the general neoliberal uh, 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 economic policies of the Roger Douglas that separated the private sector and accelerated their salaries uh, above those of the public sector, so, that is including the military. So this goes finally, way way back. Yes, and well, then finally there was the, uh, the COVID uh, it occasioned the spending to restore uh, some semblance of economic stability and that created the inflation which uh, further eroded the purchasing power of the Defence Force and the ability to pay their personnel. All right. What will
0: our allies make of this, or do you suspect they already know?
1: Well, they already know because the Chief of Defence Force, going back to the Helen Clark uh, administration uh, 20 years ago, have continually reported this uh, growing problem to the Minister of Defence. Ministers of Defence... Uh, have shared their views with their counterparts abroad. Many other governments are facing very similar problems of retention as their private sectors under the more globalization, uh, liberalization policies uh, have uh, increased their salaries and outrun the salaries available for the public service. And so New Zealand is not entirely alone. And I think there will be uh, some forbearance amongst New Zealand's partners to say that, well, it's, it's it's too bad, but we're facing a similar problem, and we're going to have to somehow work around this.
0: Well, What of those who regard our country with envious eyes and slowly and surely draw their plans against us?
1: Well, that's another issue. The rising uh, challenge by China requires more vigilance, more patrolling, more assistance to the Pacific Islands to show our friends in the Pacific, that we are reliable friends, reliable allies, and that uh, this requires more resources. Disaster relief, of course, in cyclones and tsunamis is required. Training, other kinds of assistance. Uh, and then there's the uh, the rising crisis in the Gulf of Aden uh, in the uh, Bab al-Mandab Strait, for example. Uh, Australia has been asked to send a ship. They're not able to send a ship. The Navy says we can send a ship, but the Prime Minister says, no, we're not going to send a ship. We'll send intelligence. We'll send diplomatic support. We'll we'll support in other ways. And this is how New Zealand will respond as well. They will say, look, we may not be able to send the Canterbury, but we can send the Manawanui. We may not be able to send uh, an aircraft. Uh, But we can use commercial aircraft or we can maybe uh, ask the Australians to transport troops to Mm. a a new trouble spot. So there are ways to work around this personnel shortage.
0: Nothing on defence, though, in the first 100 days plan of the new government. Is it the priority it ought to be?
1: Well, listen, uh, let's look at the cabinet just for a moment. Uh, There are 20 uh, members uh, in cabinet. There are eight members outside of cabinet. Each of them is assigned to portfolio, and each portfolio requires expenditure. They're all going to be clamoring with uh, Prime Minister Luxon for their priority, and uh, certainly Judith Collins, the Minister of Defense, uh, is going to be clamoring, but remember that Judith Collins is also the Attorney General. She's the head of the GCSB and the SIS, Science and Innovation and Technology, Space mm-hmm. and understand yeah I understand. Agencies. Yeah, so, I, take, I, after-
0: I take your point. It, uh, that does kind of send a message, doesn't it, about the significance with which it is viewed in the government. Thank you so much for your time this morning, Stephen Hoadley at Auckland University. It's for more from News Newstalk ZB, listen live, on air or online and keep our shows with you wherever you go with our podcasts on iHeartRadio. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy.